Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for bringing us together once again, that we might learn at your feet. Thank you, Lord, because I know that this word is for someone, and I know it's for several people. Lord, I just pray that your word will come out clearly this morning, uh, with precision. Let it bring encouragement. Let it bring lifting this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you have your way today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the title of my message this morning is Stop the Party. Stop the Pity Party. Tell your neighbor, Stop the Pity Party. Stop the Pity Party. And uh, if you want to give it a subtitle, you might call it You Are Not a Victim. You're not a victim. Amen. Um, we have read the, the text, the Bible text, but we're going to read it again. First Samuel chapter 30. Now read verse 1 to 4. First Samuel 30, verse 1 to 4. I read. Now it happened when David and his men came to Siklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Siklag and attacked Siklag and burned it with fire. Now, taking captive the women and those who were there, from small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. And David and the people who were with him lifted their, up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Hmm. When you see men crying uh, until they had no more power to cry, then you know the problem is serious. Uh, the Lord sent me this morning to remind us. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, the Lord sent me this morning to remind us that uh, to pick ourselves up from the sidelines of life. You know, we go through stuff, yeah? Everybody does. Uh, sometimes you think you're the only one until you find out that you are not the only one who's going through stuff. Are you with me this morning? But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that God has a plan through everything. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, it says, And we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. The enemy wants you to feel like a victim, and you are not a victim. As many who have accepted Jesus into their life as their personal Lord and Savior, you are not a victim. You are a victor. Hallelujah. The Bible says we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. So what is coming out of your mouth is important, even when you are going through. What is coming out of your mouth, the things you are saying... Because the one thing is that the angels do not have the authority to change your words. So when you say stuff, all right, when it's good stuff, they act on it. And when it's the bad stuff, the other side to act on it. That's the enemy act on every negative thing you say. And you know, it's so, it's so uh, natural to want to you know, spew out bad stuff when we're going through stuff. We say things, you, you understand. And that doesn't, does it make us feel better? No. 
Even after saying those things, we still feel bad. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, let, let's read Psalm 61 verse 2. I, I was meditating on that while the worship was even going on. Uh, Psalm 61 verse 2. Let's see what David said here. Hallelujah. So many of us, we have invisible tags on us. Tags of failure. You know, you can never amount to anything. You know, names that people have called us. Average. Never get anything started and finish it. You know, we have all those invisible tags on us. And, you know, we take it around. Uh, they are invisible, so you know, it's not like something somebody can, you know, or you can see and say, well, I'm taking up this tag. But that has to end today. In the name of Jesus. Look at what David says in Psalm 61 verse 2. He says, From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let's read Psalm 45 verse, verse 1 to 5 as well. Um, establishing something here. Psalm 43, verse 1 to 5. Vindicate me, O God, are we there? And plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God my God. He said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieting within me? Open God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance are my God. Hallelujah. We'll praise God no matter what. You cannot afford the enemy the chance to back you into a corner. You are not destined for the sidelines, but for the limelight. You, are, you can't allow the enemy to back you into a corner. Because, you see, when someone is saying something bad about you, it's okay. But when you believe it, then there's a problem there. Hallelujah. When you believe the lies of the enemy over your life being spoken and you believe that to be the truth, then there's a problem there. You just shake it off. There's a story of a donkey that was thrown into a pit. And the, you know, the owner, because the owner wanted to get rid of the donkey, well, thought this donkey was of no good. And so, you know, the owner threw, threw the donkey in a well and then decided, okay, to kill the donkey faster. I would, you know, put rubbles <laughs> on the donkey and bury her alive. And you know what happened? As the, as the guy was, you know, pushing down the rubbles, you know what the donkey was doing? The donkey was jumping on the rubble. And eventually what happened? The rubble got so high enough for the donkey to come out of that pit. And that's exactly what you need to do to the enemy. Every stone that is thrown at you, say thank you, you use it as a stepping stone. To your breakthrough. Can I hear an amen? amen? Hallelujah. The enemy wants to silence you by putting you on mute. He wants to silence you. Because you see, when you go through something and your heart is so heavy, you can't even pray. And you can't even praise God anymore. 
the enemy has succeeded in putting you in silence. And when you allow the enemy to do that, because you see, you are the prophet over your own life. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So in your mouth there is authority to declare things. You call things that be not as though they are, and then they manifest. Praise God. But when you cannot speak you know, the word of God over your life anymore, when you cannot praise the Lord who is able to deliver you, then the enemy begins to gain the upper hand. And that is why a closed mouth is a closed destiny. You cannot keep quiet. Do you know your life will go in the direction of what you've been saying about your life? If you keep saying negative things because of your circumstance, that circumstance will never change. But you need to change. You know, you see, you need, it's not so much, in, it's not even enough to, to not say the wrong thing. All right, some of us, we don't cause, we don't swear, all that. It's not enough to, hmm, what are you saying? Because, you know what, there is no vacuum in the spiritual realm. If you are not taking authority by saying what you want to happen, what the word of God says in, about your life, then nothing is going to change. And you know, sometimes we, we, we feel, you know, we start a you know, pity party, we hang around people who make us feel good, and, you know, we, we listen to what they say, and then we, we, we say the same thing that they say. You can't afford to do that. Hallelujah. Crying and whining doesn't move God. Only faith does. Faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whining, crying, doesn't move God. Faith does. Hallelujah. I also want you to know that you are important. You are a VIP and that's why the enemy is so much after you. If what you are doing is not important, if your life is not important, the enemy will not come after you. No? No. If you see a penny on the ground, you know, we don't use that anymore here in, in Canada. But if you see a penny on the ground, you probably just walk past. But if you, if you see a hundred dollar bill on the ground, what will you do? <laughs> you will stop and grab it. Why? The value, right? The value. The difference is the value. It's, it's money. It's, it's a means of exchange. Or let's say a dollar. Okay, a dollar. You see a dollar on the ground, you must be really, really broke. Probably to pick it up. Alright? And if you pick it up and somebody say, Oh, it's mine, yeah, well, you oh okay, yeah. But if you see a hundred dollars on the ground, <laughs> and you pick it up and somebody say, Oh, it's mine, you say, Really? You say, I don't think so. Why? The difference is the value. Isn't it? It's the value. The enemy is giving you attention because you're important. Thieves do not break into an empty warehouse. <laughs> they don't when they're doing their visibility study before they, or research before they go to break in, they make sure there are goods in that warehouse. Because they don't want to waste their efforts. So the enemy is not trying to take you out because you have nothing. He want to take you out because you are important. Say to your neighbor, you are, you are a VIP. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are a VIP. Praise God. Hallelujah. And let me say this to you. You are not going through this season for yourself only. But also for the people that are connected to your life. There are people that are connected to your life right now. God wants you to use your story to encourage them. You are going through so that your story becomes an encouragement to someone. When you come out of it, because you are coming out. Say to your neighbor, I'm coming out. I am coming out restored. 
energized, full of purpose. You say that to yourself. Praise God. So, what you are going through is not just for you. Let's go to Luke 22 verse 32. Luke 22 verse 32. It's not just for you. Luke 22 verse 32 says, But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and when you are returned to me, and that's when you are restored, what did he say? He said, strengthen your brethren. Your story, let your story encourage someone when you are restored. He said, when you come out of the backsliding state, Peter, let your story be an encouragement to someone. We read about Peter today, and then some of us will get encouraged. You know, <laughs> sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you've, you've denied, you've, you haven't really measured up. And then you say, oh, yeah, Peter denied Jesus three times. So <laughs> I've only done once. God, thank you. Uh, you. You understand? You draw encouragement from that story. And that's exactly what Jesus was telling Peter. Amen? So stop beating yourself up. God has validated you and nothing can invalidate the grace of God upon your life. Nothing. Absolutely nothing can invalidate that. Amen. So this is not the time to, you know, to allow the enemy to put you in a corner and then you just, you know, just begin to think and think and brood over, over something that is not, uh, that is not going to build up your faith. Philippians 4 verse 6 says we should meditate on those things that are edifying, those things that are true. Godly. Those are the things God wants us to meditate on. He doesn't want us to meditate on our situation and our circumstance. Because the, the more you meditate on them, the bigger the problem gets. But when you meditate on God, on the faithfulness of God, on the word of God, it minimizes your problem because God gets bigger. Hallelujah. And your faith begins to rise. Your faith in God begins to rise. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Isaiah 49. Amen. Isaiah 49 quickly. Are we getting something out of this? Praise God. I want you to go home hungry at the devil, hungry at your situation and circumstance, and demanding a change. Being desperate that things must change. Life cannot continue like this. This situation cannot continue like this. The enemy cannot continue to take me for a ride. No, 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 no. No, no. There is more to my life than what is currently happening. Are you with me this morning? So you don't go around like a victim, your head bowed down, and you only smile once in a while, especially maybe it's when, it's on, when it's payday. That's the only day you smile. And no, 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 no. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Isaiah 49, verse 8. I'll read that verse 8 to 16. It's a long one, but I believe we'll minister to you. He said, Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. In the day of salvation, I have helped you. Say, God will help me. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages, that they may say to the prisoner, Go forth, say it is time to get out. To those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the roads, they sh- and their pastures shall be on all desolate heights. They shall neither hunger nor thirst, neither heat or sun shall strike them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them 
even by the springs of water, he will guide them. Hallelujah. I will make each of my mountains a road, and my highway shall be elevated. Surely this shall come from a, this shall come from afar. Look, those from the north and the west, and these from the land of uh, Sinim. Sing, O heaven, be joyful, o earth, and break out in singing, O, Je o mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people, and we have mercy on his afflicted. Verse 14, look at it. Look, 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 look at what God said. Verse 14, but Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget a nursing child, and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Come on, somebody. God said your walls. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. I have inscribed you. Hallelujah. God is turning your scars into stars and your pain into purpose. Because there's a purpose in that pain. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that if you don't have any opposition, that could mean you are going in the wrong direction. A lot of time, opposition is a sign that you are doing something meaningful. If you're not you are wasting your time, the enemy will, the enemy will not pay attention to you. Hey, hallelujah. So I want you to know that your life is a storybook. You know, I, 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 I heard someone say something like this. They say your life is like the 67th book of the Bible. You know there are 66 books in the Old Testament and the New Testament combined. He said your life is like the 67th book of the Bible. Some people will not read the Bible until they read your story. Your life is telling a story, whether you agree to it or not. My life is telling a story. So see your life as a story. See your life as another book of the Bible that is going to be read. Eugene Peterson has gone to be with the Lord. You know, he passed away this week. But he wrote. I mean, a lot of us, we didn't even know how we came about the message Bible. But you know, some 35 years ago, this guy began, he was having this Bible study in his church with some men. I know, and he began to. He uh, found out that the men were not interested in Bible study because you know most of the thing was KJV, and so dying, thou die, you know, <laughs> they were not really interested. And so he he found a Greek Bible, and began to transcribe from Greek original Greek Bible. He began to transcribe into English to modern day, you know, English. So he started. He did a book of the Bible, you know, like that, and he saw the way their interest went up. The men were interested because now they've never heard the Bible like that. You know, it was so readable and understandable. And so that was how it started with one book, did another book of the Bible, another book of the Bible, and today we have the Message Bible. Anywhere you mention the Message Bible today, you talk about Eugene Peterson because he was the one that God gave the wisdom to do that. Even if that was the only thing he left, that's the story. I'm telling the story this morning. Why? Because he lived that life. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to know that your life is telling a story. Amen? 
And I want you to know that you must stop renting someone else's story to judge God's plan for your life. You know how we rent somebody else's story? Someone comes along and begins to tell you that, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you have this, uh, that's a sign of depression. And anytime you have this, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's what they went through. So they want you to go through what they went through. I might have the symptoms. But I won't allow that to come into full bloom in my life. I might have the sign. It might be a fact. But that's not the truth. Because there's a difference between the truth and the fact. Fact said this is it. The truth which is the word of God says no. By stripes I was healed. The fact said you are sick. The fact that your liver is shutting down. The fact say, oh, you, are cancer, you have some cancerous cells in your body. But the Bible says, by his tribe, which is the truth, I was healed over 2,000 years ago. Someone bore my sickness in his body. My bank account can say I'm broke. The bank can say my account is overdrawn. But I know that my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. And I know that he became poor so that through his poverty I might be rich. Not that I was poor, but I went through that so that I can have his riches. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your story is unique to impact your world. So don't copy anybody. You're designed differently. And that is why you can see children from the same parent and their parts will be different. Their interests will be different. Why? Because every one of us are, you know, if, if they test your fingerprint, even with your siblings, if you have siblings, it's not the same. Even though you come from the same parents. It's totally different. Hallelujah. Everyone on the surface of the earth is different from the other one. God does not discard broken people like we do with broken stops. He's an expert at mending, restoring, and making new. God doesn't discard broken people. As a matter of fact, he takes delight in using them. Because you see, one of the things with broken people is that they have nothing, they have no reputation. To protect. Hallelujah. As a preacher, I am not the most qualified. As a matter of fact, he qualified me. And that is why when we you know when people say bad things about me, I just take another chain because many years ago God spoke to me and said, Jesus was able to go to the cross because he made himself of no reputation. As long as you continue to keep your reputation, you want to keep your reputation, you can never serve me faithfully. You need to learn people. Because you see, the best doctors or nurses are the ones who have been patient. You've never walked a path you want to take people through? You don't have the character to do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm human, I make mistakes. And so when I see people make mistakes, I'm able to hold them and say, come on, <laughs> you're not the only one, even me. I've made several mistakes and I will still make mistakes. But he helps me. Because every time, Bible says the righteous for seven times, he will surely rise again. So you keep rising. Hallelujah. A little, can you imagine a little child learning to walk? If every time the child falls, the child says, I, will, I won't try this thing again. That child will never walk. We have children today who run around, you know, on their own place or can run around. But they didn't start right by running around. They fell so many times. 
I am not afraid of falling, but I'm afraid of not being able to rise. God doesn't want you to dwell on the failure. God doesn't want you to dwell on the mistakes. God wants you to know that His grace covers you. You are forgiven as long as you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I've messed up, I'm sorry. He forgives you. The moment the words, Lord, forgive me, comes out of your mouth, forgiveness from the Lord comes to you straight. It's not until you pray ten times. Hallelujah. It's not until you confess it to somebody else and they say you are forgiven. No, when you confess it to the Lord, He forgives. Hallelujah. Psalm 124. Are we getting something out of this? Hmm. Hallelujah. Honestly, I was supposed to preach another sermon, and the Lord said to me yesterday afternoon, He said, No, we're not preaching that. This is what you are preaching. I'm like, mm. But because I heard Him, I, I, I just, I wrote the whole sermon probably in half an hour. Because I heard Him. And I wasn't going to preach what I wanted to preach. Because I don't know who was going to come this morning. I don't know whether it was going to be me and my faithful wife or whether there was going to be somebody to, to, you know, to hear this. But he said, preach this. Because you see, sometimes you don't even think people need something. You, you, know, your own, you just think, oh, this is what they need. And God said, no, 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 no. I know what is in the heart of everyone. I know what everyone is going through. They might not tell you. And when I was writing this, he was encouraging me to praise the Lord. Psalm 124. Hallelujah. So that's why I know that when you leave here this morning, you are fired up. Amen? Fired up, fired up, fired up. And the enemy will say, oh, oh, what just happened? <laughs> There's a transformation already. You came here with, you know, a little bit of a, of a you know, the, your head was in the cloud somehow. But now God is able to, like you're going out with the glory of the Lord upon your life. Because the shackles are off. The chains have been broken. Hallelujah. You're free. Psalm 124 verse 1 to 8. He say, If it had not been for the Lord who has been on our side. Let Israel now say, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. When men rose up against us. Then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters will have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their feet. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. Isn't that encouraging? The snare is broken, and we are free. The trap has been snapped into two. Every manipulation of the enemy has been exposed and we are free. Hallelujah. Say I'm free to serve the Lord, to follow my purpose, to fulfill destiny in the name of Jesus. So allow God to walk through your life and share you with your world. Allow God. Are you desperate for a change? God has interrupted the plan of the enemy over your life. And that's why I brought you here this morning. That is why God brought you here this morning. This is breakfast with the king. He brought you here this morning to die with him. He brought you here this morning to expose the enemy. 
He brought you here this morning to let you know, son, daughter, I care about you. I love you with everything that I have. He brought you here this morning to remind you that, you know what? Men may fail you. Men may lie against you. Men may put you down. They could fire you at your job. They might not reward your service and your faithfulness. People might not even value you as a human being. Your family can disown you and say, well, we don't want to have anything to do with you because people can give you, put a tag on you and say you cannot amount to anything but God say, son, daughter, don't believe the lies. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only thing you have to believe is what is written here. Whatever is not written is not legal. Hallelujah. Whatever is not written in the word of God cannot affect your life. If you would have, people like Joseph wouldn't have become a prime minister. He was an escon. <laughs> Wasn't he? He was an escon. How can a, a, a convicted prisoner become the prime minister? Well, that is not how God works out things. Amen. God has called you not to a religion, but into a relationship. And that's why it's important. Relationship is very, very vital. You need to understand that you are in a relationship with Jesus, not a religion. That is why anything that looks like religion, you have to pull yourself out of it. Because guess what? Religion will only give you a set of rules to follow, which you can never measure up to. You know, do you know that the rules that the Israelites were supposed to follow were not just those Ten Commandments? There were several of them. And if you break one, you break all. But relationship, it's about relationship. Coming to Jesus is about relationship. It's not about church attendance. It's not about I give my tithe, but I give my offering. It's about relationship. Praise God. And that is what this, this church is about. By the grace of God, it's about loving God and loving people. Genuinely walking with you in your journey as you go through your journey in life. Being there to support you, to encourage you, to strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. To, so that we strengthen one another. Amen? Nothing changes until you are desperate enough for God. Job chapter 14, verse 14. Job 14, 14 says, When a man dies, shall he live again? He said, all my appointed days, I will wait until my change comes. I will dig in for my change to come. I will desperately get my change. I will. Your mess does not, make big, your, your mess does not become a message until you are desperate for a change. Hallelujah. So it's time to stop hanging with religious judgmental people. Do you know one of the things Jesus came to do? He came to dismiss the class of fake, pretentious, and religious folks. That was why he went to the temple and he flogged them. He said, no, 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 no. This temple is not a place to, you know, to buy and sell. He said, the house, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. 
He flogged them. And that's why he couldn't stand the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because even though they knew the word, they knew the word upside down. They were religious folks. You know, the other day we were, we were somewhere with my wife and then we saw this guy. You know, and you know, from, from all the makeup and all that, you, you know, you know what's going on. You know, that something was off and, 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 then, and, and you know, and then she was about to say something and I'm like, nope. You know, I just did my hand somehow and, um, and, and we both laughed. And you know, the reason why we laugh is that every time we see people who don't look like us, it's very easy for us to judge them. But do you know that? Do you know that everything doesn't look as it first appears? You see something, sometimes you don't even really know what's going on. And that's why, it, that's why we need to be careful how we judge people. Because you don't even know the truth. And sometimes you don't even know deep down what is going on. Are, are you with me? I'm not making excuses for people, you know, when people fall into sin and all that. No, no. But what I'm saying is that every time we are in a position to judge, can we not just judge? Can we just allow God to be the judge? Do you know our own part? Our own part is to love. Our own part is not to judge. He said, don't judge so that you don't be judged, so that you will not be judged. God's part is to judge. Your part and my part is to love. Please write that down. Your own part is to love. God's part is to, is to judge. You are not the judge. Don't judge. Don't fall into don't fall into that trap to judge anyone. Because you know sometimes we even go through you know sometimes you there are some stuff going on in your life and, and you're like uh oh you know and <laughs> and you see every time you judge people where you fall into the same thing the judgment the way you will judge yourself sometimes that's why you get you hear some Christian they commit suicide because you see they, they fall into sin that they never ever imagined they could fall into. And then they can't stand to look at God anymore and they just kill themselves. Why? Because they were judgmental. We have to be careful. Love people. Let God be the judge. Amen? Hallelujah. Are we getting something out of this? So Jesus came to dismiss the class of fake pretentious and religious folks. But I want you to know that desperate people will get God's attention. Psalm 18 verse 6. Psalm 18 verse 6. Desperate people will get God's attention. Desperate people. Desperate people. Always will get God's attention. And then I will show you an example of people who were broken and got used and we're going to pray. Psalm 18, verse 6. Amen. In my distress, I call upon the Lord and cry out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. He said, In my desperation, I cry. Let your desperation not take you down. Let your desperation put you up, push you up towards God. 
Don't let, because, you know, when we're desperate, when things are really, really out of our, you know, we feel like we've lost control, we allow that to take us down. But no, let it take you up to God. Hallelujah. Well, uh, let, me, let me just, I'll, I'm rounding up now. So there's this story of, um, of a crackpot. And um, there's this farmer somewhere, you know, let me not mention the name of a country, somewhere in the world. And then he had these two, you know, pots. And the only way he could water his, his farm was, uh, you know, he would go to the, to the river, get water, and then walk back, and then use that to, you know, kind of water his, uh, his, his, his crops. And so, one of the pots was cracked. And so he would, you know, he would hang it on a pole, put the pole on his shoulder, uh, one pot on this side, one pot on the other side. And then he would go get the water and then he would walk back, you know, kind of uh, empty it and, and all that. And so he did that for, so, for, you know, for a, a period of time. But the crack pot, we often, you know, not take, of course, we won't take full, uh, it won't be a full pot of water. It will probably be like half by the time it gets to, uh, the, the, the farmer gets to, to the other side. And so, um, the, the crackpot couldn't hold it anymore. So one day he was like, you know, talking to the, to the farmer and like, oh, I've been a failure. I've been a disappointment. Uh, I've never been able to fulfill my potential. As a pot, I'm supposed to at least give you a full pot of water. And every time you come in, you put in the same effort. Uh, I always deliver half uh, when I get to the other end. And, uh, and the farmer turned to the to the cracked pot, and said to the cracked pot that, no, the other pot that is not cracked is not better than you. He said, if you notice, you saw that on the path from my house or from my farm to the river, there's some, you know, all those lovely flowers on the path. You water them. He said, when I know that you have a, a fault, you had a crack. I put flower seed on the way. I planted them. So every time I go to the river and I'm, I'm coming back, you water those. And that's why they are that beautiful. And of course, he felt good about himself. You know, and I, I just want to, you know, that story, as simple as it may, you know, sand, that's just a picture of our lives. Maybe you are seated next to somebody this morning that you feel that even in your eyes you feel like they are a full pot. They have no fault. They have no crack. And you feel like you have cracks. And you are, you, you know, maybe, maybe you, you, you started, uh, you know, you graduated from high school the same year. Uh, and, you know, it looks like they, they are a million years ahead of you. And you are still, you know, tugging along trying to, you know, you can't even see the brake light of, of the car of your life. But God has a word for you this morning. You're not a failure. Keep staying in the race. Maybe you're like that crackpot. But God, who knows? Because if you're not cracked, you will not be able to tell your own story. So I want to use that to encourage you this morning. Because there are so many crackpots in the Bible. So many crackpots. And when I saw what God did with their lives, I know that God will do something with my life too. And God will do something wonderful with your life too. It is not over until you give up. If you don't give up, it is not over. 
there are people, you know, the other day we were talking about um, one of these um, actors. Um, what's the name of this guy now? Freeman. Uh, what's his Morgan Freeman. Thank you. Morgan Freeman. Do you know that this guy started, he had his first acting role at 51. I think 52, I think 51, 52. He's 81 now. Can you imagine what he would have been thinking when he was 40 years old, 45 years old, 50, even at 50? The guy would have been thinking, nothing good can come out of this life. This life is a mess. No. The KFC guy, when did he start? 60 something. I think 66. The man is gone, long gone. We're still eating KFC. <laughs> Let's go. Hallelujah. So your story is not over yet. God has not even started with you yet. Praise God. Hallelujah. What you've gone through or going through does not define you. Your identity is in God. Are you with me? Your identity is in God. The negative experience, and you might want to write this down. The negative experiences were meant to trip you. You know, when you trip someone to make them fall. But God will use it to lift you. The enemy intended to use those negative experiences to trip you, but God will use it to lift you. I mean, I have so many examples. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 to 2, is the story of David's mighty men. They were later called David's mighty men. But when they came to David, if you see the account, the story of how the Bible described them, they were useless. They were the... <laughs> they were the riffraffs of the society. They were people that nobody wanted to have anything to do with them. But they were now the one who became David's warrior. They became champions. Because if they are looked at their situation then and given up on their life, nobody would have even remembered them. And that's why you cannot give up. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 to 2. The story of Abraham, for example. From Abraham to Abraham. From a lack of purpose to becoming a father of many nations. He even lied. Didn't he lie? He did all that, you know. But at the end of the day, the Bible says he was the father of faith. He's, he's the father of faith. Hallelujah. Another person is Jacob. Genesis chapter, 20, uh, chapter 32. Verse 22 to 28 is the story of Jacob. God changed his story. The Bible says in verse 22 that Jacob was left alone. He was alone. And then what happened? Things happened over time and God changed his name from Jacob, a deceiver, a manipulator, a froster. God changed him to become prince. He called him Israel, prince. There's no correlation there. Hallelujah. Genesis 32 verse 22 to 28. Rahab, from allotry to redemption. I was reading her story yesterday and I was like, amazing. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 2 verse 2, it said Rahab was a prostitute. But when you go to Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 and you read the story of the same Rahab, she was now even in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. How did she move from prostitution to redemption? Because God does not give up on people. Because what we call brokenness, God saw 
greatness. God said, I can, I can use that. I, I, can use, I can use broken people because they are not prideful. I can use broken people because they will not feel like they deserve it. They will not feel like they are entitled to it. I can use broken people. Are you broken? For example, Jephthah. In Judges chapter 11 verse 1 to 10. Jephthah. Judges 11 verse 1 to 10. He was an illegitimate child. The legitimate children say, leave our father's house. Our father did not get married to your mom. Out. They kicked him out. But you know, when the whole nation was in trouble, the elders had to go bow down to the same guy that they kicked out. I don't know what has been your story up till this moment. But guess what? All I know is that there is a God in heaven who rules in the affairs of men. And is able to turn everything around and around and around. Don't waste your pain. God wants to get some glory out of your shame. It didn't take you this far to let go of you. I want you to know that you've been drafted into the hall of faith on the merits of Christ's finished work on the cross. Not what you've done, but what he has done for you. So this morning we're standing on that. We're standing on Christ's finished work. We're standing on the fact that he's paid the price for everything. We're standing on the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And everything Christ said concerning your life, that is the truth. That's what we're standing on this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Do you believe that God can still make something awesome out of your life? You believe that? It doesn't matter. God, it's not about age. It's not, you know, we look at age, oh, I'm 55, I'm 56, I'm 70. I'm... No, no, no. 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 God is God. Hallelujah. God can give you a breakthrough in six months that will cover more than what you think you've lost in the last 50 years. Just one breakthrough. Just one breakthrough. Just one breakthrough. You can't look like where you are coming from. You look like where you are going. You look at where God has positioned to be your destination. Not where you are going to right now, not where you are coming from, but where God is taking you. Can we just be on our feet as we begin to talk to the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. One thing first, we need to settle with the Lord. If you check yourself up and you know that, <laughs> this God, because everything I've talked about is God that can help us. If you know you are here and then in your heart somewhere and you feel like uh, some things need to be fixed. And I want to just encourage you to just ask the Lord right now. Talk to him in your own heart. Whatever needs to be fixed right now, your relationship with the Lord needs to be fixed. You know you are not where you should be with him as per relationship wise. You want to give your heart to him or you want to rededicate your life to him. This is the time to do it. Say, Lord, I've drifted so far away. I've allowed my situation to overwhelm me. Lord, I'm asking you to come into my heart again this morning. Give me a fresh start. Give me a new beginning. Let today be a day. You go now. You go begin to talk to him now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. 
I give my heart to you again. Restore me, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, ask him to come. Thank you, mighty God. Give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we pray, Father, Lord, for every heart here this morning. That, oh Lord, our heart return back to you. We dedicate our lives to you once again. And we say, Lord, help us. Receive us. Give us a fresh start, oh Lord. Whatever the enemy has been using against us, oh Lord, Father, put an end to it today. And let your name be praised forever. In Jesus' name. I want you to pray this prayer. Somebody prayed this prayer many years ago. And today, this person has been in ministry for 51 years. And waxing strong by the day. So I want you to pray. Ask the Lord to take over your life and do something with it. Say, Lord, take over my life and do something with it. Lord, take over my life and do something with it. Lord, take over my life. Do something with my life. Something glorious. Something powerful. Do something with my life. In the name of Jesus. Take my life. Take over. Take over my life and do something with it. In the name of Jesus. Ask the Lord. Say, Father, for all the negative experiences, I thank you. Because I know that you will use it for your glory. The Bible says, for we know that all things work together for good for those that love God. For those who are called according to his purpose. I thank you for all the negative experiences of life. Up until this morning, up until this moment. I want to thank you because I know you will use it for your glory. In the name of Jesus, say, Lord, I surrender all to you. Every area of my life. I surrender all, all to you. All to you. All to you, my health, my finance, my marriage. If you are married, my children, my business, my ministry. All I submit, surrender to you this morning. Oh, I surrender all to you. I surrender all to you, Lord. Take over. Let every struggle come to an end. Let every shame be removed. I surrender all to you, Lord Jesus. I surrender all to you this morning. Thank you because you are a good, good father. You are a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. Ezekiel 36, I'll read this and, and we'll, we'll take the last prayer. Ezekiel 36 verse 25 says, Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and may put a new spirit within you. 
I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Why don't you ask the Lord, Father, remove every shame. Remove every reproach. Wash me clean again. Let today mark the beginning of great and mighty things. Let today mark the turn around in my life. Let today mark the turn around in my destiny. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let today mark the beginning of testimonies. Of testimonies in my life. Give you praise. Give you glory. I receive my restoration. I receive my deliverance. I receive my breakthrough today. And I thank you for it. I worship and adore you. Give you praise. In Jesus' name. To receive that, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Please let's have a seat for a minute. Uh, we're going to take our offering right now. Um, and then we'll close the service. Uh, there are envelopes at the back. Please, ushers. Uh, please. Come on, please. Uh, there are. We sent out the bulletin. If you check your phone, you probably have it on your WhatsApp. For those of us who are distant. So uh, you, can, you can send in track for your giving. Uh, the Evidence Church 08 at gmail.com. The Evidence Church 08 at gmail.com. Uh, we have. Um, Fermi, can you help us with this, please? Uh, if, you're, if you're using credit card, we have the square. Uh, POS Terminal is not, uh, should be in this week. So if you can help us with this. Uh, if you want to use credit card, you can use the square. So at the back, please. Uh, go to the back. Uh, or if you go on our website, uh, www.theevidencechurch.com, um, you can give through PayPal there. It's, uh, it's on there. You can just, if you click the giving button, uh, it will go straight. Uh, the, if you're sending a track, there's auto deposit, so you don't need to set up a security question. It just goes straight to get deposited uh, into that. Hallelujah. Let's do that quickly. And as you're preparing that, please pray over your tithe, uh, your offering, uh, your seed, everything, whatever it is that you're doing uh, this morning. If you need an envelope, uh, please just indicate. Amen. Uh, we're going to take our confession. Pray over your offering and then we take our confession together this morning.